Good morning. Happy Friday, everyone. Welcome back to another lovely episode of Maker That Money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. I am one of your co-hosts, Pooch of RepCord, with me, as always, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Pooch. How are you? I am well. <laughs> I am well. Thank you, my friend. And today on the pod, we have Mr. Grant Posner... Founder and owner of 3D Musketeers out of, of beautiful, sunny Florida. How are you this morning, Mr. Grant? I'm doing wonderful, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm really excited. I feel like we've been trying to connect on this topic for a while. Like I know you are <laughs> a master of 3D scanning, and we are going to get into all things 3D scanning in just a little yeah. bit. Uh, but before we do that, we got to handle all of our, our usual things. So first of all, greetings to all of our people joining us in you on in YouTube land on the chat. Uh, we record this podcast live on YouTube every Friday, just about every Friday on on uh, YouTube at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 Eastern, noon Eastern. Uh, and if you like what you're hearing or you have comments and questions for us, that's a great way to interact with the pod. We also have the option for the Maker That Money hotline. The link to that is above me. That's repcord.com slash MTM hotline. If you want to call in with your questions and comments, please feel free to do that as well. Uh, as always, we appreciate a like, a subscribe. We have all of our Twitter. We're all tweeter extraordinaires out there. And so we tweeter extraordinaires. appreciate <laughs> uh, like interaction in that way. If you guys want to give us feedback. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, Twitter, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you want to call it? Um, <laughs> Something else. I don't know what. Though. We all are prolific tweeters. We like to tweet. Yes. Um, yeah. How about that? And uh, that's a great way too to send us feedback and interact as well. Uh, but um, yes, without further ado, the subject at hand today: making that money as a three D scanning business. Now I know Grant, this yeah. is not your only uh you know source of revenue i you, know, you guys do print farming and you do other things as well but uh since i've known you i hear a lot of jobs have come in where you're doing some pretty pretty high-end pretty professional uh gigs in in the field of uh 3d scanning would you say that you're getting to be a pro at it I think when you spend the kind of money that we've spent, you have to call, you at least have to call <laughs> yourself a pro. Whether or not that's true, that's kind of up to uh, the, the people. I gotcha. Okay. Nice. All right. All right. So we're going to dig in. But before we do, we got one more piece of business we got to handle. And that's being the positive people that we are. We always like to talk about oh, our wins for the week. But we're going to do a little different this week. I'm going to go first. Uh, give Grant a little bit of time to think about his, uh, and maybe Andrew will have something. I'm gonna, I'm like, it can't be about retail <laughs> packaging. I'm giving you, a, I'm giving you okay. a, a criteria. You have to come up with another win because you Good. can't keep using Good. the same win. Um, my win for the week is organizationally based. I am really proud of myself. I cleaned out my garage, which I'm super happy about. That like. We just offloaded a bunch of things, just threw it all in the back of the car, took it down to the local Goodwill and gave it away. Uh, that is not easy for me. Uh, um, I, I, I hold on to things a lot longer than I want to. You know, there, there was a lot of probably monetary value and stuff like that, but I just don't have the patience and the uh, 
you know, I don't have the patience to like post things on Craigslist or Facebook marketplace and deal with the stuff that comes from that. And then I did a little clean out of the shop as well. I finally found a home for all these pallets that have been piling up that we use for, you know, shipping out wholesale and stuff like that. And they were awkward. And I kept just throwing them in a corner and ignoring the problem. <laughs> and finally I said, I'm going to find a home for these. So organizational wins are good, soothing wins, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't know how it feels for you guys, but it, it makes Same. me get into a better mental place. So I'm going to no, take yeah. 100%. Win for the week. Nice. Grant, you are up, my friend. What is your win or wins for the week? So we we did a really awesome scan yesterday. So we've been working with uh, an individual who uh, their daughter has a disability, and we've been making custom uh, orthotics and custom braces for this child. And uh, traditionally, you're looking at fifteen to twenty thousand dollars every single time you need it done, and you know, because insurance is, of course, not going to pay for because it it's not medically necessary. We can scan it with uh, the Artec Eva here and Eva. get it all done in a week for like a tenth, way less than a tenth, like a 50th of the price. We're, we we do like wow. 250 bucks for that whole thing. I'm not looking to make a ton of money on those jobs, but those, the, those are the feel-good jobs. We're able to give somebody their life back. And the wow. kid's 10 years old. They're growing like a freaking weed. Right. So we have to do these mm -hmm. all the time. And the mom was on a three-month plant every three months, but now they're on every month to get the kids scanned and get a new brace. So wow, um, that's that's all good. We love that kind of work. Um, so that's that's my big win for the week. It is, it is always a lot of fun to be able to do that stuff where it's not always about the money. It's about the feel good that you get. I mean, you'll make a little bit of money, not a ton, right? but it's about knowing that you gave someone a better quality of life. Yeah, and if you can do both at the same time, win-win, right? That's awesome. That's fair. Nice. All right, Mr. Gloop, you are up. Well, what <laughs> is get some harnessed good energy, some good juju, good vibes for you this week? So, um... You know, th this week it started off really rough. Ooh, okay. <laughs> really, really rough. But um, you know, things things picked back up. Um, you know, we we were able to, you know, turn some bad things into hopefully some better things. Um, I, so I think, you know, generally the the win is is just learning to just be as optimistic as you can when faced with a lot of problems, and you know, know that you'll you'll find a way out somehow some way as long as you keep working the problem um you know amen to that <laughs> that is um I, I don't have a specific piece that i can share but you know just in general you know when when you, you deal with a lot of sucky things just try your best to stay positive even though it sucks a ton <laughs> yeah. you know i like to say so. some, sometimes winning just is just getting to tomorrow right and so mm -hmm. Uh, you know, you got the benefit of when you start the week terribly, there's nowhere to go but up. So you're probably <laughs> feeling really great uh, as compared to where you were at the beginning of the week. So that's yeah. Win. Uh, yeah. Hello to everybody in the chat. Shout out to a couple people. Some of the usuals, Mike, David, Courtney, Mitch. Good to see everybody. Maker, Maker Leaf, Maple Leaf Makers. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. Tell us your wins in the chat. Uh, we love hearing yours. Maybe I'll pick pick one to uh share in a little bit but um we'll we'll take a pause from the the wins for the moment and let's dive in on the meat and potatoes so grant i didn't really give you the opportunity to do the elevator pitch for your business 
who you are, who's your daddy, and what does he do? Oh, I mean, my dad, you can meet him because every uh, Father's Day he comes on our podcast. So if you want to meet my dad and learn about what he does, you can go and check out And you just had your episodes. mom on, like, uh, last had, week because it was Mother's Day. Happy, mo- it, happy Mother's Day to the moms out there. The first time my mother's ever been on the YouTube channel. And she said when we hit 10,000 subscribers, she'll come on. You did a mom I, reveal I, at 10,000 subscribers. She, I like that. Well, no, we're at 30. We just we actually hit 33,333 last ah, night. So Oh, nice. Um, nice number. You know, it's just, got it, I, I said I, I had a screenshot. That's all threes, right? It's a third of the way to 100k but um you know mom she was so nervous but she she killed it she did a great job um but no i 3d musketeers we make stuff you guys know this if you're not subscribed to the channel go click in the description to find the link to it go over and subscribe we talk about 3d printing 3d scanning and we do it for clients all over the world ranging from the smithsonian to snoop dogg and everything in between that's an eclectic Um, mix yeah, yeah, I, I like it. You know, it's, it's it's the two S's, right? You got that 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 good alliteration there. Nice. And uh, it, it, literally, we've traveled all over the United States, scanning professional sports teams, and doing some really fun products that I unfortunately can talk very little about, if at all. <laughs> Ooh, mysterious. Uh, yeah. Courtney in the chat says your mom totally killed it. That's awesome. She did do it. Uh, job. David Tobin, good to see you, my friend. Sharing his win for the week. I learned how to take a QR image and convert it into an STL and printed it. So that's really fun. That's cool. Printed I mean, QR codes are awesome. I uh, mm-hmm. those are super handy. I've seen a lot of people use those yep. for displays at shows, and um, it just like it's it's cool. It adds some something dynamic. You know, that's not just printed on a piece of paper. So that's a that's a good one, David. Awesome. Good share there. Uh, Chris Perillo's in the chat. Awesome to see you, Chris. He says it's too early for shouting. I think maybe I don't have my levels right again. I, I thought I thought we were good, <laughs> but maybe I was just getting overly excited and got too close to the mic. Sorry. There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, excellent. Excellent synopsis of who 3D Musketeers are. Uh, I realized last night in your promo video, I totally spelled Musketeers wrong. Um, Did you? Oh, no. I, nobody, thankfully, nobody <laughs> called me out on it. I didn't notice it. I, I, yeah, I don't know why I want to throw an A. Uh, Everybody does. We, M- we actually own both domains because yeah. people want to put an A on it. I know uh, it, and I still it do is, it. It is the most That's common. It's, like, it's a massive problem that we have with spelling. So I say there are no E's in Musketeers. It is yeah. like the midi. It, it's like the older firearm, not deer poop in the woods. Okay. So like that's that, that's the way to that's the way to think about it. That's the scat, uh, right? Uh, uh, scat. Deer, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, musket. So musket. Musket. Tears. It's a musket. Yeah. 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 Nice. Which was weird because none of them carried muskets. It was all they were all swordsmen. No. So what's yes. up with yep. that? <laughs> hmm. it, to it was my look the, the idea of the name came from my dad there were three of us that started this company and uh one of them decided a day job was a much safer option which it is right you know going mm-hmm. from that hobby to jobby means that for a little bit you're gonna not pay yourself because you're taking a jump right to make it all happen yeah. sometimes you can start and get that money off you know off the gate and if you can I'm happy for you, but we, we were not able to. We, we had to kind of go all in or none at all uh, if you're going to do it in any meaningful way. And uh, he decided that uh, the average nine to five was better for him. My brother is still a co-owner of the business, uh, but he does have a day job where he works for Hillsborough County Fire Rescue. Uh-huh. Uh, so Okay, so it's a family thing. it's a family affair. I don't know if I realize that. That's uh, That's cool. 
Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's a silent partner. He doesn't do too much. He's been on a couple of podcasts. He's been in live streams before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I do run the day to day. He makes sure that we are, uh, you know, on the IT side, incredibly secure. We are ITAR level two uh, certified. So, oh you know, wow, we yeah we we like I said, we do a lot of cool things. I can't talk about, but. Uh, yeah, he, he makes sure that, that we are compliant with all the rules and regs that we need to be. So he, he actually does an amazing job uh, on the C-suite team of the company. Nice, nice. Well, it sounds uh, sounds cool. Well, today we're going to talk about hopefully stuff that you, you can share some good details on because I think there's yeah. a lot of curiosity, especially um, moving forward in the in the world of, of, you know, I know we talk about 3D printing a lot and making and stuff like that, but but. Your tool set in 3D scanning, I keep arguing, I think is going to be one of the factors, whether, you know, what it what its final form looks like. I don't know what the final form, but what its ultimate form is going to look like in the future um, is it's potentially a linchpin for bringing more people into the space, right? Because yeah, any opportunity you have to basically uh, take away that prerequisite of having to have CAD skills, potentially in order to get involved using some of these tool sets that we do with 3d printing with machining with any of these things you're looking at the input side of things right so historically if you say you have a part that uh you can't go just to buy a replacement part for or something like that you you might have you would have to have some cad skills you measure maybe and, and you'd have to learn how to draft it up and then you'd take it through a process to either have it machined or 3d printed or whatever you wanted to do 3D scanning, similar to two-dimensional scanning, is a way of like bringing that material in and hopefully uh, alleviating a lot of the need uh, to to have those skills and do that work. But exactly as we mm-hmm. as we well know, it is an imperfect system still, and and I want to get into some of the some of the challenges, but obviously some of the value you talked about in the teaser, how expensive a lot of this equipment is, and so that makes it cost prohibitive. Um, it is, yeah. Obviously, there's a huge gamut of of quality and and mm-hmm. types of scanners and technology that can be used. So I know you've you've handled a lot of those things. You've experienced the entire workflow, right, from doing the scan yep. yourself last year at Earth. You did a, a full body scan of me using that actual scanner. Yep, this exact same scanner, this Ar- the Artec Eva. And uh, why don't we start with that? That's an expensive scanner. Um, it is and that, yeah it's, what what does that afford you like give us the overview for anybody that doesn't know scanning like sure. why does somebody want to drop that kind of money on this capability versus like a, a revo point you know consumer grade or or using photogrammetry or any of the other tricks of the trade i know photogrammetry isn't technically scanning but i don't know i mean it it, it can be right yeah. photogrammetry you, you can build a point cloud out of it it's and that's complicated software. Agisoft PhotoScan mm-hmm. is the premier software for doing uh, photogrammetry. I know that Polycam is trying to really kind of unhinge uh, Agisoft. And I want to work with Polycam to compare the two because mm-hmm. I think it would be really, really cool to, to oh. I have a copy of uh, Agisoft because it's it was what everybody used. Right. When you would have mm-hmm. an array of 60 plus DSLR cameras that you would have to trigger all at the same time sending oh, wow. over a terabyte crazy. yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. i mean you're and don't forget it takes like three days to disassemble it set it up calibrate it and then to get it running but right. the benefit is 
done. Yeah. You know, you're talking yeah. five seconds per person. So if you're, you know, if you are like a con scanner and you want to go out and scan people at uh, conventions, these handheld scanners, while they're crazy portable, my, this one normally sits in a Pelican case. Mm. Uh, and if you saw me at the East Coast Rap Rap Festival, I was carrying a Pelican case with me. It had this in it. Mm. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And so, so it's man portable. That's a nice thing. I can literally set it down. Yeah. Totally man portable. portable. I don't need anybody else Generic to do man. it. Yes. Yeah. You know, generic individual portable, right? Sure. Um, and those big arrays, while they're faster, require a whole team, multiple computers, and making sure the cameras are triggering correctly. Mm. Uh, but we chose our tech specifically because they are a software company that also happens to make hardware. And what you'll find, and I love uh, RevoPoint, uh, Funk 3D, there's a few others uh, coming out of mainland China that I have my eye on mm. uh, for these could actually if they did well on their software, completely unseat our tech as being kind of the top dog for 3D scanners at the moment. And RevoPoint happens to be one of the, the, the top contenders, in my opinion, because they are at the forefront of the, uh, you know, the, the, the influencers, content creators. A lot of us have mm-hmm. gotten there. I had a RevoPoint range like four months before they started shipping kickstarter units because they wanted my opinion as someone that owns oh i own over a hundred and thirty thousand dollars of retail price scanners at this point uh we have oh, wow. over a dozen scanners yeah i mean the this one is 20 we have an artex spider that's 25 and we have an artex ray that is sixty thousand wow. dollars so Jeez. you're looking at over a hundred grand in just those three that's a big uh, and then there's like a big a investment for any company and yeah. that's just one aspect yeah. of what you guys do so so that's yeah. really interesting, mm-hmm. but give us a, a go a little deeper if you wouldn't mind on on the process, the workflow, some of the options out there, um, and and finish. Let's again to try to stay focused, like on the that Artec, that Evo that you have there. Mm-hmm. Um, is that is that your current like go to just in terms of like bang for your buck, uh, quality, portability, workflow, or is it a right tool for the right job? It is very much a right tool for the right job, and. I would argue that it's it's not as necessary as it used to be, mm. right? The Shining 3D Einstar at $900, while you need a computer with way more RAM than my scanning laptop. My scanning laptop can handle this scanner, no problem. It can't handle a $900 Einstar. If you have a laptop that can, that scanner is really good. The RevoPoint range, really good. A lot of scanners from Shining 3D are going to be really good. So if you want something that is very much scan, click, print mm. the closest you're going to get right now is going to come from our tech or it's going to come from peel 3d at a reasonable price peel 3d is the lower end side of creaform and creaform makes metrology oh. scanners that are good to like five microns right they uh, wow. and, you know <laughs> they have um you know when you go to say well how much is this it says oh request a quote which is yeah. if you have yeah. to ask you can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. talk about what a reasonable price means, because that's totally different for different people. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, so, so twenty thousand and under to me. If you're looking to do it for a business, you should you should have a budget of at least twenty thousand. And when it comes to our tech, don't forget uh, there's a software component too that's twelve hundred dollars a year. In fact, in three days on the twenty second, I have to renew my license. Uh, oh no twelve hundred dollars <laughs> yeah bucks. Wow. so it's a hundred dollars a month just to own the scanner and that's before you look at needing to get these certified now the eva because it doesn't have any moving parts 
they want you to recertify it every 18 months for the low, low price of $2,500. But I'm not oh going to do that because I don't care. These are not certifiable scanners. The Ray, what my Artec mean? Ray. What is certifiable? It means it, it, it doesn't have a calibration standard. Okay. So okay. it is accurate to X amount, give or take. Okay. The Artec Ray is accurate at certain distances to exact numbers, and it comes with a piece of paper that certifies that it is, and that is an insurable thing. I can actually insure the certification around the machine itself. Uh, but so the Artec oh, Ray okay. is a so there's so, applications then where clearly that's a mission yeah. critical. You need that level of detail. Mm -hmm. Andrew, you were going to yeah. ask about something about that? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I was going to go with that. So in in those cases, you know, you're you're picking the scanner, right, for the specific job that you're doing where you need that sort yeah. of detail and then a traceability certificate of some sort saying, we know that this is accurate information. And with the Ray being long-range LiDAR, so... If you have a new mm -hmm. iPhone, you have LiDAR, right? If you use Polycam with an iPhone, you've likely used the LiDAR bit of it. Your LiDAR is good to like three millimeters at one meter away. Okay. The Artec Ray, my Ray, is certified to 11.7 millimeters at 110 meters away. Oh, you wow. scan <laughs> from that far away? 110 meter radius from... The scanner. I mean, that's and it is not accurate an actual to less than half an inch. Use case, though, is it? I mean, what? Why? How would you? Oh be, yeah, you you can long distance scan. Architectural, like that? okay. Architecture, site plans, accident sites. It's one of the big uses for it that uh, we do. Okay. Is I can take it out to an active accident scene, scan the entire thing, use the Eva to get the stuff that the ray misses on its first or second pass, and we can recreate those cars. And they're used in court cases, right? So if a picture is oh. worth a thousand words, how much is putting a model of the actual vehicle in front of the jury? You can't hand things to a jury. That's not allowed, but you could put it in front of them. It's all about telling that story. And that's what we, we are storytellers. That's what we are as a company. Ah. Whether it's on YouTube or it's helping you tell your story, it's all about that storytelling. And I think that's where 3D scanners come in for us is it is about that storytelling so that's a really interesting a really interesting use case i hadn't considered uh you know uh uh environmental recreation for you know legal yeah. and and honestly i can imagine there can be potentially some good money in that i remember meeting somebody oh, yeah. years ago who was actually doing that with CAD skills where they were like, they would yep. read through reports and then they would try to recreate the scene by like drafting up these things. You're taking it to the next level where it's like, you're going out to a physical scene, assuming mm -hmm. that the scene can be preserved long enough for the scan to even happen. Yeah, if we're being called out there, it's either, you know, we're, we're, we're talking loss of life or very close to it. Right. So where uh. they are spending hours investigating it. So it's fine for us to come out and spend two hours to, to do our scans. Uh, otherwise we go to the junkyards or uh, to the impound lots where the vehicles will sit and we scan the vehicles that way. So that is, that is part of the business that we do. I can talk about that. We do it, but generally the jobs that we do have a five year non-disclosure on it. Even when the docket becomes publicly available, unless we are listed in the docket, uh -huh. we have a five year non-disclosure um, oh, wow. as a standard on those parts because they don't want like some of the parts like okay uh, well here 
um, this this is one that I can actually show. So this this was a Chevy S10. Oh, that's uh, wild. That, okay, so guys, if you're yeah. listening back wow. on the podcast, he's showing a 3D printed model of a yep. uh, Chevy S10 that has been uh, just mangled in a in a car accident. Yeah, it wasn't great. And uh, while the passenger survived, that to print on FDM is impressive. Actually, oh, <laughs> uh, you don't want to know how much time it took to to take all the support material off of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> but. You know, the, the passenger, the passenger was the one that was actually going after everybody. And uh, in that particular case, they were way more fine than they should have been, mm. uh, given the fact that that was a dump truck that did that. So, it, oh, wow. It, yeah, it, it's it, this is all public record and all that at this point. So it, mm-hmm. it is it, that enables, you know, attorneys to tell their stories really, really well. Right. Pictures show you 2D. Mm-hmm. If, if you're an attorney, you say, you know, oh, put your put your your mom into the seat of of this vehicle. No, no. Here's the vehicle. Put your mom in it now, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's let us show you what it's like. Yeah, it's that incredibly powerful. powerful. Statement. That's that's and really interesting. Yeah, that's where it is the right tool for the right job, right? Yeah. The average person will never need a lidar scanner ever. Right. And in fact, mm-hmm. we're likely looking at selling our Artec Ray. Um, okay. I don't use it as much as I would like to, and it its service is very expensive it's 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 a fifty six hundred dollars every 18 months uh, oh wow okay yeah, and that's how it maintains its certification i mean a lot sure. of this sounds like it's just the cost of being on the bleeding edge of this stuff because we're seeing it new is. tech come online and- every day where mm-hmm. you now granted i understand the stuff that we're doing with our phone like i've gotten to play with uh polycam luma ai some of these like yeah i hear they're amazing these things and and uh, for what you can do with your phone right and it it makes me go like well why would i want to have and but uh, clearly i cannot scan a scene from distance like that i mean it's it's again the right tool for the right job but as with Mm -hmm. every piece of technology we see uh incredibly expensive high barriers to entry to begin with and then as uh as as it comes down or as time goes yeah. by the pricing uh comes down for not just the equipment but the yeah the so- the support software so this has historically been a very like co- uh, compute intensive process it as is. well right for the level mm-hmm. of yeah. detail that you're getting so that i know there's some conversation yeah. alex gibson and jeff in the chat are talking about the, the computer rigs that they have to have to support a lot yeah of this. yeah so uh here's a fun thing and I'll, I'll, for the computer nerds out there, my scanning laptop is a Ryzen 3750H. That is a four-core, eight-thread CPU. It has 32 mm-hmm. gigs of DDR4 RAM and a GTX 1650 4-gig. That's it. And it runs this scanner at max FPS. However, it cannot run an Einstar for more than about two minutes. Now, the benefit is the Einstar has free software, so I can install it on my desktop or on our editing PC or on our streaming PC and use it there. Sure. Those all also have 32 gigs, so we're still limited. It, 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 it's a RAM utilization thing. Okay. But it's where all of the sudden it's about the software now. The Einstar scanner will actually go blow for blow with the Eva in terms of accuracy. They don't claim as good of accuracy, but I've measured pretty darn close. Like we're talking 80% of the accuracy that I can get out of a $20,000 scanner for $900. Wow. And sure. when, when you look at an entire scanner costing less than my scanner cost per year yeah. for its mm-hmm. software, all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I can get really close. And there will be some mission critical jobs where you might say, it's not for me, right? You have to manage your risk sure. for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, there is a lot of amazing stuff coming out 
of places that aren't Luxembourg or the United States. Artex based in Luxembourg. That, that's where they're headquarters. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah, and and I said it before. Artex is a software company that makes hardware. The Eva. I've owned three of these in my in, in my time in the industry. I, I end up selling them because our use case goes away. The project we bought it for goes away. Okay. And uh, the hardware has not changed in over a decade. Yeah. It's oh, the wow. Software that, yeah. The hardware is the exact same. Uh, it's okay. the software that changes. And the software is what is – I click – like for your scan, Pooch, I clicked one button. It cleaned up your scan. It gave us the texture. We did send it to a designer to clean it up a little bit, add, you know, detail like in your eyes, right? Mm. You're not going to see mm. some of the detail in the eyes, but you will when you 3D print it. And I appreciate so that because I have oh. dead eyes to begin with. And so, so adding some life <laughs> is never a bad thing. Um, that can happen, yes. You, so you, 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 you touched on two things that I find interesting too. Like there's a, there's a total cost of ownership that you got to evaluate, right? Where it's like the hardware yeah. may be cheap, but the software is expensive or vice versa. And so when you're coming at it from a business standpoint, you need to make sure you're educating yourself on all of like these things. If you want to, if you need to maintain a certification that might increase the cost, stuff like that as well. Um, but I'm wondering if you can dive in a little bit more on like the, the actual workflow of getting, going from a, a scan, uh, to like, say have a, a actual fabricated product. Like you, you know, you were showing with that. That Chevy, you don't mm-hmm. always necessarily need to output an actual representation. Yeah. Sometimes these are just living in the ether, and you can mm-hmm. you know spin it around and show it in the courtroom on your computer, right? And it maybe never comes into the physical world. Sometimes it doesn't exactly. And yeah. for our tech, it is as simple as scan it, mm-hmm. review it. If yep. you need to do more scans, you keep going. So you, you you pause the scanner, you take a look at the data. If you miss something, you restart the scanner. It will. Since it can geometry and texture track, mm-hmm. uh, oftentimes it can figure out where it's located. Go back, oh. do the do the piece that you missed, and mm-hmm. in the event that you do miss something and you miss it even on the review, well, then you gotta design it in. And that's where programs like ZBrush, which is our preferred, or Blender, mm-hmm. would come in, where you're going to be doing sculpting. Right. So the big mm. the big misunderstanding about 3D scanners is that it does not give you a CAD model. It gives no, you not, a OBJ not, or an STL. Not straight mm-hmm. to – well, certainly not straight yeah. to any kind of reference geometry. And in a lot of ways, no. that, that feels like one of the biggest potential – like the benefit. You're like, oh, I can get this amazing detail. But a lot of times it's like you have mm-hmm. too much information, right? Like yeah. it just depends it, it, on what your application is because I hear about people all the time like, oh, I got to spend so much time like re, uh, cleaning up the mesh, right? Mm-hmm. And I know there's new software mm-hmm. and AI and things to like – now, I just click a button yeah, and it does all of that for me, right? It'll even fill in the holes and in paint the texture. So it, it can utilize, if there is a hole, it'll look at the texture that's around where the hole is and in paint. So when we did your scan, part of the inside of your arm was missing. And I missed even on my review of your scan. But when I processed your scan, this, the software is like, oh yeah, that's totally the rest of his arm. And it made the rest of your arm. And it actually, it did oh, a good wow. job that you can't even tell. No, I, I don't wow. spend a lot of time looking at my arms anyway to analyze them. Uh, question in the chat for you by JF. Uh, Grant, real quick, do you use scanning spray or foot powder spray or dry shampoo? Can you explain why that, what that means? And Yeah, and so it? a lot of the – we're going to go with, you know, I mean, they're structured light scanners, but I would say a lot of the hobby-grade scanners like your Revo points and even mm-hmm. your prosumer scanners like your Shining 3Ds. 
they're mostly going to be structured light where they flash a light, they flash a pattern, and then there are cameras. So on the EVA, we have camera here, camera here, there's a projector in the middle, and then we have our light array. Mm -hmm. And okay. the cameras are at a known distance away from the center. And as the projection projects a, it, it's a unique image that they use. The, mm -hmm. the actual cameras can detect how that is wrapping around a surface. From there, you have your, your ring light here. It's just a bunch of really high-powered LEDs that light the surface, so you have a consistent color. Yeah. Um, if your object is black or clear, yeah. you generally can't scan it. So if it is a static object that doesn't move, yeah. sometimes we'll just cover it in tape because a lot of time that uh, works out just fine too. Uh, okay. If it's a vehicle, yeah. right, where they have really smooth panels, yeah. put tape on the panels you can you can delete the tape and post and if it is a really smooth thing take the tape and draw a bunch of lines on it just a bunch of squiggly lines like, ah, like you're a kid okay. on the walls right yeah. and that will allow the scanner to track the extra thickness of the tape as okay. well as the actual color of it but in terms of scan spray we do use a sub and at blime as our scan sprays but i do also sometimes use the foot powder spray or dry shampoo and the reason he's asking that is both of those leave a white residue Okay. on whatever it is so that takes mm, a black part okay. makes it gray takes a clear part makes it opaque the nice thing about the scan sprays is that they sublimate so after a determined amount of time it depends on temperature depends on the type of formula that you're using sure. it just goes away and there's uh, no cleanup disappears, yeah. foot powder spray and dry shampoo you have to wipe it all off and for things like cars i mm -hmm. it depends if we're doing it outside i'm using dry shampoo or uh, we will actually use uh, talcum powder, like like baby powder, because it's okay. effectively the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we actually book somebody to detail the car when we're done. So we tell them, oh, do not old. clean your car if you want it to get scanned. I want your car dirty. Could you uh, use powdered sugar hmm. or delousing agent? I don't know about delousing agent. You could look at using. I don't know what delousing agent even is. It's, it's a super uh, troopers joke. I love it. It's, like, it's powdered sugar. It's delicious. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no clue. Yeah, uh, I know. Powdered sugar wouldn't stick to the objects. That's why you couldn't use powdered sugar. Uh, or it wouldn't okay. stick as well. You want the thinnest coat possible because any extra thickness that you add You're is now known off. You know, is it's known error in your scans. Yeah. Um, that makes uh, sense. That's the thing with those scan sprays. Problem is, they're like anywhere between twenty-five and forty dollars for an eight-ounce can. Of course they are, because it's uh, like oh yeah, special yeah, stupid course. expensive, yep. right? And so uh, a sub makes it makes you cough. So if you're scanning like yeah. the inside of a vehicle, uh, you need to wear a respirator, otherwise you're gonna start. Oh geez, well, and towel causes again. cancer or something too, doesn't it? I mean, there's like a whole thing <laughs> about towel. What doesn't? Yeah, okay, you're in California. Everything. Yeah, I just live in the living land of causes cancer. cancer yeah, no, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Andrew, you had a question. Go. Yeah. So, so you know, um, Grant's done a fantastic job of like kind of talking about some of the use cases and things that he's done with these scanners. Like, could you touch on some of the business decisions behind the purchases of these scanners, or like how have you factored this into your right. operational, you know, Let's you know, business. like expertise? Yeah. Yeah. You know, great question. I, I'm I'm gonna do the thing that I, I'm gonna tell you the thing that I do, but I don't recommend you do it unless you know what you're doing. And is that I buy them secondhand. I buy them used. Okay. Uh, which mm. means somebody else eats all the depreciation, and I don't have to. Uh, I make sure. sure that the scanners that I buy are new enough to still be under a factory warranty, or I actually factor in three. Uh, my we have an Artex Spider uh, 
and it was recalibrated before it was sent to me but it got damaged during shipping and didn't work wow. properly it is on month three of being at our tech getting repaired uh and they are not fast about this it could they're, they're telling me it could be upwards of six months that i have oh, my wow. investment not being able to make me any money Ugh, well i knew this could be a problem so i paid very little for it and and, and just don't care it is a significant outlay of capital but it's not going to take me very long to pay that thing back when I have it in hand. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, what I prefer is that as a business case, you hope that there's somebody around you that you can work with on a wholesale basis. Say, look, I want to get into 3D scanning. I know that you do it. This is kind of the game that I'm going after. I want to make sure I'm not going to step on your toes. But is there a way that I could rent scanners from you, hmm. get training so that you don't even oh, need to send okay. some of your people? I will rent them. I will put an insurance policy on them. So if there's anything that goes wrong, we're covered, you're covered, and you can give me a better deal because you don't need to send somebody. Now, not many shops are going to let you do this. Hmm. It is not how I did it, but it's how we've had people ask us before. I don't have enough scanners to say, yeah, if you break it and it takes six months to get fixed, I don't care. I, I currently care if my EVA gets damaged. Uh, sure. But I am looking at buying a second one so we can start offering the ability to mail this scanner to anybody anywhere for a price, right? Um, okay. But I, you know, it's, I recommend this is that if you are looking to get into doing something as a business, you have to first look to outsource it. Unless you're willing to take the jump and spend the capital or you find a damn good deal somewhere where it's like, honestly, even if it needs to be recertified at $2,500, I'm still not going to lose money on this make the deal okay um, or like you were saying earlier you you can if you can price it into the job if it's a, something yeah. where there's a mm -hmm. very specific use case and uh, you know you, you've got a customer that understands that this is special and it's going to cost them some money it's a lot mm -hmm. easier to build a business case around that and it sounds like you do that to some extent you'll buy it you mm -hmm. might have yeah. a use case maybe you can use it for for other stuff but that we're talking mm -hmm. about it's an interesting time because it's like, yes, these are very expensive things. They can be still, but like we can see the future yeah. coming. And yeah. it reminds mm -hmm. me of the, you know, the early PC, any kind of piece of technology, digital camera, equipment, mm -hmm. digital photography and video equipment. It's like what we're able to capture now with a phone um, mm -hmm. is yeah. insane, you know, from uh, as compared to what what you used to have to pay. And, and there was a, there was very similar stuff. Like you, you might have to have like professionals that were like doing leasing arrangements. It was expensive to repair yep. all that stuff. So is that a bit, is that a threat that you feel like 10 years from now, you may, you're going to be dealing with a lot more competition because the price of the barrier entry to like get yeah. in and do this stuff is going to be mm -hmm. so much less. It's just like what we've seen with 3d printing, right? There will be people that will always want to be cheaper. And uh, I tell them, hey, if you want to work for pennies on the dollar and you want to run yourself into the ground and never make any money, go have fun. <laughs> they don't care. And there will be clients of ours that might jump ship. But then I look at it and say, were they really good customers to begin with? If their only reason mm -hmm. for working with us is because of a price yeah. and not because of the quality, the customer service, the fact that sure. I will travel nationwide to go do the jobs that they need. And we're one of the only companies that will do that in the area. I would hedge a bet and say maybe they weren't the best clients to begin with. Well, and I think I think that's true for value business. what yeah. we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yes, it's is there service. some concern? Yeah. Well, of course, there's some concern. But the cool thing of also being a content creator is those companies that I'm worried about are the ones that I'm talking to to get the scanners early. 
to mess with them early ah, so okay. i can decide if i want to let go of this and work with something mm -hmm. kind of i don't want to say lower end but lower price because, sure like we do a lot of custom clothing I, when you see me traveling in, in the vlogs where we're going out when i went to california to go scan the 49ers we scanned the u.s women's soccer team the reason i had this scanner at earth is because the day before earth we actually went and scanned the philadelphia flyers and it's all for custom fit clothing so it's like waist down scans it's kind of weird uh but <laughs> you get used to it you know after the first couple of times like oh i need to scan uh, okay. you below the waist is what you yeah tell i, I asked for underwear but i guess you don't have it uh the, the, the first couple of times that's a little really? weird but you get has used that, to it has that yeah. happened <laughs> okay if you've ever seen letter kenny it is exactly what the hockey teams are always like and it is exactly what you expect that's uh so yes funny. in hockey teams specifically uh and they're a lot of fun because they always joke around and the guys are the harder ones to work with because they're always like cat calling and making fun of each other uh the, the the ladies that we work with are just they're they're like militarized they're in they're out they're efficient it's great uh wow. where the guys hang out like could you scan me for call of duty i could yeah but you wouldn't know what to do with the data yeah. um but they're trying to yeah, slip it, you some money to like uh, can you beef up the mesh a little yeah. here for us you know like, hey <laughs> you know extra time on scans is 250 an hour you know and these things are accurate to a tenth of a millimeter so anything mm. beyond that that's between you and yours wow uh, but <laughs> you, you found some really interesting use cases that i just never occurred to me and they make perfect yeah. sense and from a business standpoint like i was saying like it's not about the the hardware the equipment it's your expertise that you're paying for yep. and it's the service right and so it's like yeah. we come to you we do this we can offer these services mm -hmm. what equipment you're it's great if you as a business can get mm. cheaper less expensive stuff so that you're hopefully it comes your down margins to the software if mm -hmm. these cheaper company like if if Revo Point Revo Point's new software the 5.0 software is leaps and bounds better than the previous like I have not used my Revo Point Mini and I backed that on Kickstarter as mm -hmm. much as we all hate mm -hmm. Kickstarter they're a big company that uses it for marketing and I'm not going to get into a rant about that today <laughs> but as much <laughs> like that Revo yeah. Point Mini yeah. if you can get it to actually track will hit 20 microns all day long and it is a $500 scanner it should not be that good yeah. The thing is, RevoPoint software was so bad it didn't matter. Yeah. Because oh, okay. the tracking was just so terrible. I and mean, like RevoPoint's got some amazing accessories. Like if you want to scan people, go get their turntable for scanning people. It's dirt cheap and can hold it held my brother. He's like 350. Yeah. maybe i'm sorry if i'm wrong john those but i know you're heavier than me and i'm 230 and it held me no those problem are, those are torquey bastards yeah. i got to i got to do yeah. so i'm holding in my hand here ladies and gentlemen i have Ooh. a little usb of a scan that was done of me at the rapid conference i was just at in chicago mm -hmm. by the revo point range uh, yep. And I've been scanned mm -hmm. before by multiple different uh, things. Like there was a, at Earth a couple of years ago, some guy did like the full blown array, but it was a pot, you know, using pie cameras. Um, I've, I heard that know, upset was, some people because he never sent the data. He, I don't know what even <laughs> happened to that. Yeah. it. Well, wh whatever. It's you get what you pay for. Yeah. I paid nothing. Um, yeah. But uh, I've been scanned by a number of things. I've seen stuff. But as you just said, it's it's so about and it's this is true for any piece of technology. A lot of the time, it's like mm -hmm. the software is oftentimes the limiting. We've seen it in 3D printing as well. Right. Like, yeah, the machines that we have and the capabilities that they have, like the machines mm -hmm. can be 
using technology that's 10, 15, 20 years old, and by implementing new slicing strategies and non-planar moves and, and things like that, we are able to unlock new potential and features and stuff. So we're waiting a lot of time for the 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 software and the systems to catch up. And now with the mm -hmm. advent of machine learning and AI and stuff like that, we're seeing just yeah. some really, really incredible use cases and applications. I was, yep. you know, to go back to this Revo point in the range, the way Revo point has gone about, and you, you're more of an expert than I am, but like they've broken it into kind of like a, um, you know, for big objects, for medium size objects, for small size objects, there was the Revo point mini. And then there was something, I don't remember what was in between. And then there was the range, which was really for like human scanning. That was their application. Mm -hmm. And it looked like, uh, and what's the Xbox, uh, the, the connect, the connect. Yeah. it looked it like the same technology xbox yep. connect um, it uses the same yeah. technology it's infrared based so the, the connect is an right. infrared based 3d scanner right so the, the okay. but the power of the whole system was this new 5.0 software i think it's a 5.0 yep. software it is and yeah. they were yeah. there he was showing me the guy that was demoing the whole thing the scanning process was the, ex the exact same except for i stood on a on a big turntable and just went you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Like for scanning people, turntables awesome, but I wasn't carrying that with me. Totally. Right. Um, but uh, when he started showing me the the process of taking it into the computer and the software, and he was explaining to me like how they have a these AI algorithms. So in the case of body scanning or human, when you're dealing with humans, where there's kind of known em entities and symmetry that you can mm -hmm. work with, a lot of the power in the remeshing is it, it, it has context of like, hey, you know what? If we m messed up the scan on the right arm, we can like up apply data from the left arm. Uh, yep. and get a very oh, very okay. you know we've done that before recreation yeah but it's yeah. it's doing this automatically and and it's filling in gaps in the same way um so really quick i i feel like this is a backtrack on the technology but the eva has you know not only precision mesh data but then it's applying some really great color data as well a lot of these cheap scanners and stuff like that, like, y yes, uh, there is sometimes it's, color, yeah, it's but not sometimes as good. it's black and white. <laughs> sometimes it's just you're just creating a mesh too, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, and I can actually turn off the feature. So our tech actually sells a lesser version of the Eva, and it's just software locked to not do color. It's the same hardware. It's just a, it, it, it's right. a software lock. Gives them another $10,000 oh, okay. software Monetize, lock. yeah. Sure. Yep. Sure. Yep. And, and we find that, like, when we scan – players uh when we scan like you know football hockey all that we turn off the color mm -hmm. because oftentimes it will latch on to like the color of leg hair mm -hmm. and screw itself up when we turn off color lesser known we're good the color of money yeah uh yeah yeah <laughs> and, and it's like the thing i love about our tech is we can mesh as we scan which is nuts so ah, normally when you scan, all you get is a point cloud, and then you have to run an algorithm to mesh it. Okay, so, okay. so for people that don't quite follow not. that, point cloud is just a series of dots, and a mesh is actually yep. when you start connecting those points with vertices. Mesh is the STL. Uh, and, and, it, and it creates a bunch of triangles, basically, that create a yep. skin to the whole thing. Is that a good way of putting it, uh, Yeah, that is. It's, it's mm -hmm. literally playing connect the dots, yep. and it turns it into a, tri a, a, a triangular polygonal mesh. Um, okay. And with the Eva, it can do it live as it is scanning. It takes the extra processing power, so it actually means I can't max out the scanner anymore, but it is way better for me to see what we're looking at. 
And then I can go have it remesh it later on. Sure. Right. At an, at another time, but I get to see if my mesh looks clean. Yes. Bef- instead of just looking at the point cloud data, which sure. a lot of times hides a lot of stuff. Yeah. Mike in the like, chat says most of the time I would rather not waste the time calculating <clears throat> color. So I suppose this just depends on what your use case is, right? Exactly. So for mm-hmm. custom fit clothing, I don't care what the colors are at all. Matter. I just need to know where, shape. where, you know, where's your where's leg? the bowl? So instead of going <laughs> to get custom fit compression yeah. gear, that's, that's a large or an XL or a medium, it's left leg, right leg. Yeah. Um, and when sense. you're a professional sports team that pays people millions of dollars, an extra 5% of recovery worth its weight in gold. Uh, interesting. Makes sense. JF, another question. Grant, do you also provide <coughs> just the scan data to someone do you provide just the scan data to someone else as in the human scans? Yeah. So if you want to get scanned for some reason, we would provide you with the data, right? Mm. Uh, Anytime Mm -hmm. that someone gets scanned, even if they want to do printing with us, we still provide them with the scan data because they might have a use for that later on. And like Pooch, your scan was over 50 million polygons and it took what? I'm a, I'm a very seconds. faceted individual, multifaceted, if you will. And <laughs> multifaceted so, for sure. So yeah. that, that is why I have a much larger data file than everyone else. Um, Obviously. <laughs> clearly. Uh, but it, this is an interesting question to me because uh, you don't have to. Like, there are model. I think people do this all the time with various business uh, ventures and stuff where it's like, oh, if you want the actual digital assets – you're going to have to pay more for that. So, for example, sure. you, you start getting questions of ownership, too. Who owns yep. the I don't, rights I don't want it. to – well, and that's your choice, <laughs> right? Yeah. But could yeah. you could you sell it in a fashion of like, well, if you want the rights to this scan, like we as 3D Musketeers own the rights to this and I will license you use of it. I don't know what's common. I'm just curious because yeah, – That's I've an interesting across, business case. Come across yeah. that in, like, other, in other industries. If we were going to do that, right, I would have to, in, like, ethically to me, I would have to do the scan for free, right? Because it's now my property. I can't have them pay for my property. That that, that sounds a little uh, backwards, but we do have a policy that if you don't pay, we do repossess the assets. Uh, it's actually how I have the digital assets for Justin Bieber. <laughs> You own the digital so, assets to Justin Bieber. I own a. I own the digital rights to Justin Bieber because they never paid me. That's oh no, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so, you know, this is a, this is an interesting, you know, an interesting segment. I think is 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 um the the ownership of those digital assets, as you you guys are calling it, you know. Yeah. And I know that there are like some several landmark cases here in the state of Illinois, where where I'm from you know, on the ownership of that biometric data, because if you're yep. scanning a person that's now considered biometric data, right? It, yeah. So I'm assuming you have some, I don't know how the laws in Florida are, but I would assume <laughs> that there are some specific things that you would need to follow in order to make for sure that that data, you know, is either secure or that, you know, uh, the person who's subscribing to the service understands the the risks, I guess, associated with I mean, what are laws in Florida? I didn't think we had any here, but um, I I just kind of abide by the general rule of I'm going to you know make it a little more politically correct. Of don't be a jerk. And like, look, sure. I, I, I don't care. And like this is literally a talk that I had with Tom Brady 
of the Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. He was the only Bucks player that refused to get scanned because he was afraid that we would release the digital assets to his legs. And I said, while there are plenty <laughs> of housewives that are chomping at the bit to have a leg lamp of Tom Brady, <laughs> I have no cares to do that. It's not, I am getting paid to do the scans. I've made my money. I'm happy. I keep a copy of the data so that we have good data backup and security protocols. And that's just a, it's a thing that we do. So in case our client has a data issue or there's an issue mm -hmm. somewhere along the line, we're covered. Mm, um, sure. But yeah, we don't, uh, it, it's, it's not something that I worry about because I don't want to worry about it. If you pay me, you own it. As far as I'm concerned, okay. I, I I mean I think that... unless unless Dustin Bieber doesn't pay you, and then yeah. You if you don't pay me, I repossess the assets, right? And there are certain repo, times like we man. we yeah. reserve the right to reproduce the parts. Um, so like we have a model of Snoop Dogg. If you ever saw the show Pure Genius, it was only like a season and a half. All the 3D printing in that show we did. Um, we're, oh, wow. we're gonna, there's going to be a, a video series coming up where I react to 3D printing in news media, in television, and one of those episodes is going to be me watching the episodes with my parts in them and having the actual screen shown parts in the video because they sent them back to us when they were done. Like, we I don't can need see the anymore. thumbnails now. <laughs> yeah, oh! yeah. You know, expert re re 3D printer expert reacts to 3D printing in news media. Yeah. God, that's gonna yeah, be that's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna crush, dude. That's just gonna I hope crush. it does. Uh, and because we have this experience and a lot of times we've made the parts, I can actually show the real parts as well. So uh, like um, I have a cat, I have a little curio cabinet and Steve Aoki is in it. Uh, one of the Snoop Dogs. Steve is Aoki in it. is in your curio cabinet. That's that's. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Steve Aoki's in my curio cabinet. Uh -huh. um, yeah. It, it's fun. Uh, we actually did a full size Steve Aoki. He is six foot three six foot four so we did a one dude. for one life-size steve okay it was eighteen thousand wow. dollars and i call him i said steve why why are we doing this he's like i'm gonna come off as a prick here but i make about and this was years ago i make about 40 grand a night that i do these shows would you spend half a day's wage to get a you know one for one copy of yourself i said well i already have an identical twin so i'm good but <laughs> yeah i guess most people yeah. would so when you quantify it as it's half a day's wage, okay, I get it. Okay. Well, and yeah. I, I, let's be fair. Like when when your brand is your being, is your you know you're a celebrity, right? Sorts He's of stuff big like that. on it's the just, brand. It's kind side. of a different. It's you, you think of things differently. Um, yeah, sure. So so this kind of d ties back to uh, another question you said. So and, and maybe that's why you responded. If if uh, I'm some rock star, I want to scan. You got prompted here. You talked about okay. it was eighteen thousand dollars, but that's probably not. Is that including flights and hotels? That was that was and... full color three D printing. So that was using a uh, full color sandstone three D printer uh, to do it all. Okay. So this was all lifelike color. Reproduce this thing. So did you you yep. had did you have to travel for this? Like, is that what you charged him? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So right. that that was his end thing. So he he paid for the travel so he flew us out yep um we did the scan and then we came back and uh because he basically paid for all of our expenses there and back i just kind of worked in my hourly rate mm -hmm. for the thing mm -hmm. into his cost now mind you nowadays we don't do that you will pay us to do the scan then you will pay us to do the print mm. that job was a lot more labor than i was expecting so we if we take labor involved in that, we didn't make anywhere near as much money as we were like, oh my God, 18 grand, this is going to be great. No, it was not. There was sure. a 
Uh, so mistakes were made. This was early on in the business. Uh, but, you know, now if you want to fly us somewhere, it does come with a day rate. So our current day rate at this time, subject to change without warning. So let me know, you know, if you're all looking to do it, it is $1,500 a day <gasps> uh, plus travel expenses to fly me places. Right. So per DM. Uh, that that's the Eva right. and me yeah. anywhere plus those expenses for one day. And that is, it can be a 12 hour day. It can be a four hour day. It is a day. So um, yeah, if you're going to fly me somewhere. Yeah. 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 yeah it, 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 the day is shot for me. I need to be able to pay for that day. So we tell people if you, if you are one singular person that wants a scan, line up a bunch of other friends that want it too. We would charge roughly two fifty dollars to $300 per person if you wanted to actually get regular scans. So bill them that and you'll pay for my time very quickly. Hmm. Makes sense. I, yeah. Just to backtrack a, a touch, I know we're covering a ton of ground and I, mm -hmm. I love to go back, but like I find one of the topics really interesting is like, we're gonna encounter some of these scenarios now where like we're setting legal precedent in terms of like, yep. where where are the laws in terms of who owns their digital likeness? And I think there've been some cases where, you know, mm -hmm. celebrity, especially when we start getting into deep fakes and, and AI and all these systems mm -hmm. where uh, especially public figures uh, can be reasonably recreated, likenesses of them in, in three-dimensional form the sounds of their voice like where does your ownership of yourself of your personal brand of your your digital assets lie and and what how will that impact your business do you suppose moving forward yeah i mean with how much i've been on camera right there's always this worry of there's definitely enough data to do an ai recreation of me I already have a living one. I, I don't like, I'm not concerned about this. I am not right, a celebrity. This isn't a problem mm -hmm, for me, sure. but I can certainly see that, you know, there are people that will not get scanned simply because they are worried about what, what precedent, like you said, what precedent does this set? And I try not to mm -hmm. think about it because I am not qualified to even talk on it, right? This is yeah. this these are lawyers that get paid yeah. more money than these scanners cost to argue with each other about who's right and who's wrong. And I'd rather again abide by can, can I can I do a little custom is that is that cool? Uh no. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, Don't what? be a jerk and if you're going to be a jerk be a big one. Those are the two rules of life that my dad's taught me yeah. and uh yeah, it, yeah. it's normally a D word but you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh and it, it it is just a case where we're just kind to people. And yeah. if you pay me, you own mm -hmm. your assets. If you don't, you get 90 days. I will remind you multiple times during those 90 days. If not, we re we repossess the assets. And that only occurs with like celebrities because they don't pay up front. That's not how celebrities work. Uh, but the individuals that we work with, they pay us up front. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on uh, a second. What mm -hmm. What is it about being a celebrity that exempts you from having to pay up front? They think they they just think they don't have to, and I'd rather have the job and take the risk. And knowing that if Justin Bieber doesn't pay me, I can make way more money owning his digital asset than the couple thousand dollars that his scan and print was supposed to cost. Oh, until me. he so, sues your ass, um, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, he can't sue me. He didn't pay. We, we, uh, we have... That's why I was asking the question. I don't yeah. know yeah. who owns the likeness. Yeah, we so we actually sent legal letters to his manager oh, letters. and to the address that we right. have from an attorney stating that a non a non pay were, will result in a repossession of the digital assets. Now, I've never done anything with it. 
I don't care to do anything with it. Well, is it's that not a is that contractually deal. agreed to upfront or as it yes. just because yeah okay that is that yeah. is in our contracts actually in our terms of service that uh, if a client uh, either ceases payment during a uh, now, let's say it's a progress payment, progress delivery. Our only recourse outside of going to court is repossessing and at some point open sourcing of the assets uh, under a mutually assured destruction clause, um, which is hilariously legal in Florida. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. It, it's like, you don't want to pay me. I have no reason to keep your files. I'm just going to open source them. And that means you can't patent it anymore because there is now prior art that exists um now that's only ever happened once for us um and i don't want to get too far into it but if you if you look deep enough you'll be able to find the, the files but um you know it, it, we we have a policy that certain things are paid up front and if they're not um we actually put things into escrow so we will say this is a five thousand dollar project you will put the entire five thousand into escrow the first twenty five hundred will be uh in uh, mm -hmm. you know remitted to us immediately and then as we do delivery there's extra payment that comes out of the escrow now we we covered the entire escrow fee so i just worked that into my pricing but it means that we don't have these problems anymore right yeah the escrow service covers it because they're they're a neutral third party and yep. they are handling the money uh, see so I, as a business guy i gotta tell you i don't like this one bit because it just don't enables that yeah. entitlement of the do you know who i am i understand that a lot of com i mean whether yep. it's celebrities or influencers there's a lot of people leveraging their value of like well if you want to be working with us then this is you know the, the cost and that's fine everything is i guess potentially negotiable but you're putting yourself yep. mm -hmm. at a massive disadvantage from negotiating like you have no guarantee yeah they're they're potentially like a rich and wealthy individual, but if they're not paying their bills, uh, you know that that's yeah, not my little company supposed to go anyway. sue. Come on, right? Nothing nothing comes of this. If they want, if you're providing a service that they want and they're coming to you, and and I guess you have to do a little competitive analysis, like what's yep. the risk of them just finding somebody else that will take their terms? Mm -hmm. But this kind of, I don't know, if bullying is fine. Maybe I'm being a little bit hyperbolic here, but it's like I hear horror stories all the time. If you want to work with HP, for example, you have to be willing to accept 90 day payment terms, you yep. know, and yep. they're like, that mm -hmm. is the cost of doing business with us. But we'll do, you That's know, correct. $20 million annually with you and not bad an eye. So I guess you have to make those decisions. Um, yeah, it's it's again what your risk tolerance will allow you, right? So there are like, Remember, we did not go after the Smithsonian. They came after us. And that, that is the thing that I tell people. If the Smithsonian trusts me and you don't, that's not on me. That's on you. Now, they have a government mm -hmm. credit card. They're my favorite client because they, they <laughs> never have a limit. They just say, here's your files. We'll print this is money. what we know we should <laughs> be paying for it. We will tell you when to stop printing. They don't care how many we make. Mm. We could, and we would normally run three shifts of people 24 by 7 running these machines as hard as we can because we know the more pieces that we make for them the more money we can make and they loved us um we are their <laughs> certified backup printer to this day i i, I think That's awesome. a, i think there's a, a good message in this and that it's, it's hard especially as you're getting your start because you want to say yes to everything but i think a lot of people don't know when to say no they well you don't yep. know when to say no yep. and they don't value themselves enough like they're afraid if i mm -hmm. push back 
that that they're going to go away, right? Like I dealt with this all the time in the web dev yep. world, right? Like, and they uh, might, and they might, mm -hmm. but that's the thing. If you set the precedent early that you're going to just cave to unreasonable terms, of course, it doesn't hurt people to ask. Like, hey, no, you know what? I'm going to see if I can get away with not paying this guy as long as I can. And it's really popular yep. in business, right? Like, defer mm -hmm. your outlay because cash cash is king, right? So you want to yep. keep that yep. money in your account as long as possible. Um, but the companies that you want to work with and also that are reasonable and say, look, look, I don't know about you, but I don't work for free. And I, I need to make sure that our costs are covered and stuff like that. And yep. I'm willing to have a conversation. Like sometimes we'll end up somewhere in between. Um, but if I don't yeah. know you and you're just, I mean, Andrew can speak to this. Think about how many people are constantly approaching you to like buy on a PL that you've never met before. Yep. That all the oh, same. Yeah. Exactly. Nope. Like, oh, you don't get terms standard. the first time. Yeah, and no, I'm like, I don't know yeah. you. I don't know you're gonna pay. I don't know, and maybe you do credit checks, and maybe you do all this other stuff. But that's a lot of administrative yep. overhead that you don't. It's a relationship, have time to do, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So the first time that we were flown out to do work, I told the company you know, that, that that flies us out. Hey, this is our first time. You're not gonna like it, but this is my estimated cost. I want to go ahead and charge that to you now. If I go above it, I will let you know before we go above it. If we go below it. We will go ahead and apply that to future orders. They were mm -hmm. totally cool with it. They were totally cool. Yep. We did two jobs with them like that where they prepaid. I was really good at my estimations. I was kind of proud of myself for that. And uh, now, they I just send them my bills. So when I so when I came back from Austin, that comes down I, to trust. Yeah. Yep. Calculated yeah. everything up, sent it over to him. Guys in Australia, so you know normally takes at least twelve hours to get paid because he's fourteen hours uh, ahead of us. So sure. I try to send it over like really late at night so I know that he's up and sees it. And he pays me basically instantly via wire transfer, Ooh. which is the best way to get paid because there are no mm -hmm. credit card fees that way. Yeah. Well, and there, there are bank fees usually on the end of the guy sending it. But yes, <laughs> but that, it's this like is, 25 or $30, right? This is a really yeah. good cool business it. nugget, guys. Regardless of what business you're in, yeah. what Grant just said mm -hmm. is a fantastic it can be a negotiating strategy, but like in terms of like establishing a longer term rapport, giving credits on future orders as a negotiation point is mm -hmm. a very powerful way to say like, look, we want to yep. have a long term relationship. I am willing to concede that there are some unknown unknowns right here that we need to mitigate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I need to make sure that I'm not going to be left holding the bag if this takes a little yep. bit more time. And so I'm going to be upfront with like, you know, billing time and materials on things or whatnot. But uh, if we're under, I, I know that you you want to feel like you're getting the max value for your dollar. We do this with resale stuff all the time. Um, on yep. and you'll see this in reseller contracts too. If if, if there's damaged goods, uh, if, if customers are returning stuff, great way to mitigate that is just saying like the, the we'll do credits on future orders because then yep. you know there's a future order, not hey give me my money back. Um, right. That's not a great way to do business, to be right. clear, right? Mm -hmm. Negotiating. And remember, you might be dealing with a business, but at the end of the day, you're talking to another human that is just another human. And if you yeah. are talking to somebody the way that would piss you off, it's going to upset them too. So mm -hmm. just don't be jerks to people. And you'll end up with a, a situation where everybody works out. Like the company that flies me places, they have the same scanners as I do. But being based in Australia, means it's way more expensive to come over mm -hmm. to do the scans yeah. and then fly home than it is to fly me places. Yeah. And they trust me to 
wear one of their shirts while I'm doing my scanning to represent their company, their branding and everything. They trust me to be basically the person that is their brand. Well, and like I that, said, it's not about the hardware, it's it. about the service and you're providing the service yeah. and you're the the person. Listen, you yeah, guys, yeah. we we did a a solid 60. I want to be respectful <laughs> of everybody's time because I know Grant yep. and Andrew both have some mm-hmm. some stuff and 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 so do I. Oh, yeah. I, I I we're going to have to have you come back cuz I love talking about this stuff. I think there's a lot of great nuggets here. Uh, I really, totally. I, I love where we went to. Like, if we're gonna hone in just on some good business stuff uh, at the end, it's like, don't be afraid to have these conversations. I know when you're new and mm-hmm. and people are conflict avoidant, but just because you push back doesn't necessarily mean that you're being a jerk mm-hmm. about it. Like, right. this is this is part of what doing business is. You have to be able to say, well, what if we do it this way? And th- there are solutions to all these things. Think mm-hmm. outside the box, come up with solutions, and work on establishing long-term relationships is fantastic advice, whether you're in 3D scanning or any other line of work. And freaking price accordingly, please, right? If you're using a $20,000 scanner and you're charging $50 an hour for your time, hit me up first before you raise your prices so I can just outsource work to you. Uh, but <laughs> then raise your freaking prices because you have to understand that, you know – even like so, uh, I think JF asked, you know, locally, right? What do we charge? Charge two fifty an hour locally, and he also asked about the printer for Aoki. It was done in pieces on a Projet six sixty Pro by three D Systems. If you would like to buy one, I have one for sale. Um, they <laughs> are seventy thousand dollars brand new. I will give it to you for less than half. Uh, Smoking deal. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, hey, and they're thousand. They're thousand pound printers. They're huge, but. Um, you know, th- there there is a lot out there. There's a lot of opportunity for people. Realize that in my area in Tampa, we are the second company to do 3D scanning professionally in the Tampa Bay area. And that means if a city is po- as you know large as Tampa, only as two, your city probably doesn't have you know one or even two. And so it's a great mm-hmm. opportunity for you to look and say, how can I build a business slowly? Obviously, don't overextend yourself. But it is great opportunity for you to take that hobby of messing around with a scanner and turn it into a jobby. It is a lot harder than you think. I'm doing your plugs, yeah. okay? All right. I'm a content yeah. creator. I know how this works. Yeah, yeah. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> always remember that if you, you know, over if you overpromise and underdeliver, you lose clients. If you underpromise and overdeliver, you get uh, a great reputation, you get testimonials, and that's how you are able to start affording bigger scanners, do bigger jobs that pay bigger money. Grant Posner, ladies and gentlemen, dropping wisdom yeah. bombs left and right on us. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I, I think for totally. outlining the opportunity and the technology, I think this is really fascinating stuff. Really going to be some interesting moves in this space in the coming years. And like you said, tons of opportunities. So if this is something that's interesting to you guys, think about how you build some service around this, some value. It's not about the equipment, yep. whether – and this is so true to any any pace, like whether a photographer – I mean, what it, what Grant was talking about too. Everybody that's getting into it, it doesn't understand that they're pricing too cheaply, and then then the pros are mm-hmm. like complaining that they're driving the pricing down. That that is a common thing. Um, so value yourself. Think about some you know business structure around the thing. Be practical about it. It's not just about always. How do I pay for my equipment? It's how do I create a sustainable business long term and and good service to my customers. Yep. This has and been remember- an awesome. Oh, go ahead. You can reach out if you have questions. 
reach out. There, and there it was. <laughs> and I realized now I forgot to put your tag. You are at 3D Musketeers. I forgot the little at symbol on your uh, your lower third. So uh, yeah. links in the description, guys. Feel free to reach out to any of us with any questions. And we thank you for joining us. Another awesome episode in the can of Maker That Money. We look forward to seeing you guys in a future episode. Uh, we'll catch you next Friday. That would be uh, 19 plus 7, the 26th. Uh, live here <laughs> on the YouTubes, as always, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, everybody have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Keep making awesome. See you guys later.